What is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of NJ Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Finn, and today um, we have an interview with a player in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. His name is Blake Brown. He's a pitcher. How's it going, Blake? I'm good. Thanks for having me on here, Vin. I, I really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, sorry about that. Just then my, my computer internet went out, so I had to hop on here on my phone real quick. No, you're all good. Um, no, just big thank you. Thank you for uh, getting back to me and uh, coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 again, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on here. It's always fun to, to talk on a podcast and, you know, get a player's point of view out there for everybody to hear. Thank you. So um, I have 19 questions, as you know. But uh, for the people who don't know, no, um, I have 19 questions. And, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, if you haven't already, follow the podcast, follow the Instagram, NJ Sports Media One, and let's get right into this. So, Blake, uh, where were you born? So, I was born in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I, I was born there, lived there for about two months, and then I grew up in Dallas, North Carolina. Okay. So, like, growing up, like, who was your favorite team? So I've been a San Francisco Giants fan um, about my entire life. Uh, I know that's a little odd being from the Southeast, but yeah, the Giants were, were my team growing up. Were there a reason why you liked the Giants or like dad or something? So my, my favorite player growing up, um, he was a little bit earlier than me uh, before my time, but uh, Tim Linscombe was my model to go after whenever I pitched. And, okay. uh, you know, during that time, he was a big part of that Giants six, seven year span where they were just extremely good from like 2008 to 2014, I believe, was yeah. um, was the year span. OK, so that answered my next question. I'm guessing that was your favorite player. He was. your yes. favorite player. Yeah. Okay, Tim was, so, was my favorite player. So um, as a kid, how did you get into baseball? So I, uh, the town that I grew up in, um, baseball was a big part of like the community. Uh, we had like recreational sports and baseball was one of those. Um, and you know, I, for some reason I was drawn to it. I played baseball, basketball, and, um, uh, yeah, I think that might've been it. Baseball and basketball growing up. <laughs> baseball was just, uh, was just something that I really enjoyed. Um, a lot of my friends played it, so it, it helped me get into the sport even more. All right. So were you always a pitcher or were you like on the field a little bit, like playing somewhere else as a kid or were there just pitcher? So I, I started pitching when I was nine, right at when kid pitch started in the area I was at. But I was a I was a shortstop and uh, a first baseman for the majority of of my life up until about high school. Um, and then I worked my way into the outfield cause I had a pretty good arm, but no, I, I didn't just pitch. I mean, once I started pitching, I started to realize like I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but, um, uh, but I, I still really enjoyed playing the field, playing, especially shortstop middle infield. Um, yeah, that, those are, those are very fun positions. Okay. So who's your inspiration to play baseball? Um, I'd probably have to say my dad. I mean, my dad really wasn't a big baseball player per se, but he was big on, he was, a, he was a very good athlete when he was growing up. Um, he played football. Um, 
and he wanted me to get into athletics. And I mean, I, I always looked up to my dad and obviously like him, him pushing me to be a very good athlete was part of the reason why I decided to, to play sports and get into baseball in the first place. Okay. So like during this whole like COVID outbreak, like during the quarantine, how did you like keep getting better and developing even though everything was like shut down? Like, what did you do? So I, I was very fortunate during the COVID uh, season and during the COVID year of 2020. Um, so I, I was in college, of course, that season, the 2020 baseball season for the NCAA, and it got cut short with only four weekends of baseball that went on. But uh, where I'm from and the, well, the area I live in, uh, there was a baseball facility that was still open, even though COVID was going on, because they okay. didn't really have many clients or anything that came in but they were just a building that that I went up to and asked like hey is there any way I can come in and train I can pay you guys whatever and good luckily for me they were they were very uh they were very okay with it they were available for me every day if I needed to come in um so I was able to get in there and work every day and not miss a beat like some of the other unfortunate players that you know especially those who were in different areas of the country that that everything was shut down and they were extremely yeah, strict about it. And, yeah, and I didn't have the opportunity. And it's funny because when I interviewed Aiden Anderson, you know Aiden from the Blue Claws. Um, right. When I interviewed Aiden, I think it was like maybe two months now, two or three months ago, um, he said that there was a facility by him. So it's kind of funny because you guys kind of had like the same answer. So because he had like a facility and like it was like a camp for kids, but – he would always like go there. So that was kind of funny. So um, right. so I asked this question and I sent you this. And then you messaged me back and said that you weren't drafted. But you said that you were like an undrafted free agent. So like, right. how, how was it feel being picked up like after the draft? So, I mean, it was it was a I mean, it was a very, very good feeling, you know, to have a lot of teams want you. Um, so the day the day after or the days after the draft the teams weren't allowed to talk to us and then i believe the draft was the middle of the week thursday i think it was thursday and friday uh, i guess that's later in the week but thursday and friday and then the teams weren't allowed to reach back out to players it was a dead period until 9 a.m that next monday um and i was a little nervous i i will say because i i had gotten a couple calls during the draft but not nothing seemed to pan out and you know things happen for a reason and so I wasn't I wasn't really upset about that I just knew that okay so no one took me so maybe maybe I'll have one or two contracts on the table um and then once Monday morning came around uh I had a my phone was I was very busy for that day with on phone calls um but once I you know once I got in the conversation with the Phillies and narrowed a lot of my teams down I mean it was it was a good feeling knowing that you know I was going to be a professional baseball player and actually going to get to uh, start my career and and you know actually have a chance to to be in the big leagues one day um you know it it, it definitely was a great feeling I, I will I will say that okay so um I know this wasn't on the question sheet but if you don't want to answer you don't have to but like were the Phillies like the only team? Like calling you, or or were there other teams? Um. So I had on the that over the course of that week, um, it I, I took about 
five days. I didn't make a decision until that Friday, I don't think. So I took about five days of decision-making time to, to really narrow my, my choices down. But I, um, I had about 25 contracts on the table. So I, I, I had a lot, of, a lot of the teams had, had reached out and had offered a contract. Most of them offered the same thing since there was a stipulation on what could and couldn't be put in contracts, how much money, things along those lines that Major League Baseball had put. Uh, into effect because of the COVID season, because of no no revenue for those big teams or for the smaller teams especially, um, to make an even uh, even playing field uh, for smaller market teams. Um, but yeah, I, I had a, a handful of teams that had offered contracts, um, but you know the Phillies ended up being the being the winning choice there, and I, I definitely think I made the right decision with that. Okay, so how did you feel? when you first stepped on to a minor league field? Like, I mean, like, game-wise, not, like, obviously not practice. I mean, like, when you first went in, right. how did you feel? Right, yeah. Um, I mean, it was pretty mesmerizing, I will say. I was I was nervous. Um, it was, it was like, a good type of nervous. It wasn't, like, I hope I don't mess up. It was just, here it goes. <laughs> like, wow, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm finally here. I'm finally getting my career started. Um, you know, it's, it's a little different whenever you step on the field versus when I signed that contract, because at that point was, you know, when I signed the contract is, OK, I'm a Philly. And once I step on the field, it's like, OK, I have to perform. Yeah, I got to be good, you know, if I want to get yeah. to where I want to be. But but yeah, it was it was uh, very awe inspiring, I will say, uh, seeing all those fans in the in the stadium and and where, I you know, whenever I was in I was in Jersey Shore to start the year off. And so they uh, the the fan base there was great. And. It, it, it was awesome, especially after coming from a Division One school that didn't have a very big fan base. I mean, we had a great community, but just n- not that many people came to our games. And and so we were I was used to playing in front of maybe 100, 150 people. And my first game in Jersey was, you know, probably close to 2000, 2500 people. So it was it, it was pretty it was awesome. I, I I'll yeah. just sum it up as that. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh I don't know if you remember me. I we used to sit behind the uh, yeah. We we used to sit behind the bullpen, talk to you, talk to Mark, uh, Andrew Brown. Um, but like, I I know what you mean. Like, obviously, I don't because I've never been on the field. But like, like how many people were there? Like, because you said like you didn't play in front of a lot of people, but there there are a lot of people at Blue Claws games sometimes. So, right, but like. Yeah. How did you feel? So wait, you said you started the 2021 season with the Blue Claws. Correct. So after I signed in 2020, um, I went to Instructional League in October of 2020 with the Philadelphia Phillies down in Clearwater, Florida at our spring training complex. Yeah. And out of spring training, I was placed on the high Jersey Shore roster. Um, okay, so you were placed with the Blue Claws. You never played for the Clearwater Threshers. Correct. Yeah, I the lowest level I've played at is is high A so far. Okay. Okay. So I messed up this question. Okay. That's, so, that's all right. um, so by the end of the season, um, you uh, actually got promoted to Double A, and um, I remember it. Uh, I remember Chase MIOB Central posted it that you and Armenta went up. And I, I remember it because we messaged you and you got back to us so quickly because uh, we're the Blue Claws Network page. Um, no, but I remember it was like, 
it was just like random day. And I was like, oh man, Blake Brown got promoted. Because like you were you were really good by the end of the season. And then you pitched one inning with Redding, I read. Correct. And then, and then you struck a guy out. I, I saw that. And then um you let up two walks, but no hits. So technically, you know. So like how how did you feel getting promoted up to Redding? Um it was it was very exciting. I I earlier in the season had kind of hoped that it would happen probably sometime mid July, early July. I was kind of hoping that that next call to the double A team to Reading was going to be me or or you know, I I was really hoping that would happen, but after probably after the middle of July, I kind of started to to come off a high and it was more so, you know, I'm just going to let things happen. I'm going to go out there pitch. I'm going to do what I can to be good yeah. for the blue claws. And what happens, happens. So, I mean, with two weeks left in the season, I figured, you know, okay, they've made all their promotions. They're just um, – I would just stay in Jersey and maybe start in Reading next year, uh, which which I was I was completely content with. Um, and then I got a call Sunday after our series at Aberdeen, and and sure enough, I was uh, I, I was getting uh, getting the call to get promoted. And I, I mean, I was I was very very excited. Um, made a lot of phone calls to a lot of people, parents best friend uh girlfriend you know all all the people yeah. that matter um mm-hmm. yeah i was it, it was it was a great feeling you know i'd finally earned the promotion that i'd been wanting for for a while um so yeah i mean it, it was it was very very um it, it, yeah it just felt great getting it what getting what i was working for how about we just say that okay. achieving right. my goal so that, that was a really good explanation, to be honest. That, that was really good. So, um, fit, so like your favorite moment of this past year, like what was your favorite moment out of the entire year? So my my favorite moment uh, was when I was with Jersey Shore. It was August eighteenth. It was my birthday, and it was the um, oh yes. to... yeah, yeah. So sorry, yeah, I, sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I came in against. Um, Asheville, I believe the tourist. I believe it was the tourist. Yeah, yeah, it was and, a tourist, uh, and it was, and it was the first time I've ever struck out the side. So I, I struck, or well, struck them, struck out in order and struck out the side. Uh, all I faced three guys, and I struck three guys out, yeah. and I got the save. Um, and it, and it was my birthday, so it was just, it was, it was a very great day for all of that stuff to just happen um, at the same time. Uh, but that was, that was probably my favorite moment of the year. That, that was crazy because, like I said, we've run, uh, me and my friend, we've, we've run the Blue Claws Network page. And I remember I was at home, I was making the edit. I'm like, and birthday boy Blake Brown strikes out the side. <laughs> I, I was like so excited because we actually got the, uh, the like subscription games at home. So, like, right. I was watching the game and it was de- a little delayed. And my buddy texts me. He's like, make the edit. I'm like, what edit? And then and then it happened. And I was like, oh. But um, so obviously you went to a bunch of places this year. You went to Brooklyn, Asheville, Aberdeen, oh, Wilmington. Uh, was there any more? Yeah, we went we went to Winston Salem. Oh, Winston Salem. And um um Oh Hudson Valley. Oh. Hudson Valley. Yeah, Hudson Valley, the Renegades. Yeah. So, like, what was your favorite stadium to visit? 
my my favorite stadium that we went to was definitely the Brooklyn Cyclones Stadium. Um, it was, I mean, it was a pretty cool setup where the stadium was at. Like you were right on the water, right there next to Coney Island, um, mm-hmm. and then out of left field, you could see some roller coasters, and out of right field, there were a few as well. But um, you could walk down. There was like a strip behind it that when we would get to the field early. Uh, for lift that morning or just early to get to the field just because we felt like coming to the field early and didn't want to sit in the hotel we we could walk down get some food get um um oh what's that what's that hot dog place i I slip in my mind um very famous hot dog place let me let me figure it out but uh nathan's yes nathan's that is it thank you i do not want to know why i couldn't remember that but yeah we you we would go down to nathan's get hot dogs or go down and get a coffee or something from a little coffee shop. But just the, just the atmosphere of that area when we were playing under the lights was, was incredible. Yeah. Like I've seen highlights, like it's gotta be so cool playing there. Cause I feel like I haven't really seen the stands, but like just the roller coasters in the back is just so cool. Especially yeah, the- when like, yeah. So, so you faced a lot of guys this year. Who do you think was your hardest matchup? Like, who was the hardest guy to pitch against? So, um, let me think. Probably, probably Ronnie Mauricio with with well, Brooklyn. I knew um, you were going to say a Mets guy because they got Beatty, Mauricio, and Alvarez. I knew you were going to say a Brooklyn guy. Yeah, Mer- um. I didn't struggle too much with Alvarez and Beatty. I had figured out how to pitch to them and get them out. But Mauricio was just – his swing path was exactly what he needed to make contact with my fastball. And, and that was – I mean, that was my, my go-to pitch whenever I needed to get a guy out. It was a fastball up. I throw hard, a lot of, a lot of lift on it. So usually I can get it over a barrel. But Mauricio's bat path is so flat and so – it's just smooth. And he does a very, very good job of taking balls to the uh, backside or getting or turning on a baseball. He's he's just very good at turning a baseball around the direction it needs to go and putting it in place somewhere that someone's not. And um, and he did that to me once or twice this year when I thought I had him beat and he would he would get a barrel to a ball and just flare it over shortstop or he he'd hit it right down the foul line, you know, and it it'd land right right there on the fair side and barely was there but he would you know he'd find a way to squeak it in and so i'd i'd definitely say him he was uh he was a very very hard ab okay so talking about matchups um so um you didn't say him so i'm guessing you didn't like play um you didn't pitch against them but i remember you guys went to winston salem and uh luis robert was uh (laughs) rehabbing and um and I remember Mark pitched against them because we like DM'd him. We were like, "How was that?" And like, did you ever pitch against him? No. So I, uh, I did not come to the game when he was up in up in the order. Um, but he was pretty fun to watch. I will say, I I really wanted to throw against him because I thought I, that would have been a really good test of of my ability to actually throw against a big leaguer and you know just see what I can do. Granted, he was on a rehab stint in high A, so. <laughs> It's a little different for him, but for me, knowing it's a big leaguer in the box, I think that would have been a, a great, just test to my mental, my mental strength and, uh, and whatnot that's necessary to face those guys um, at yeah. the next level. I feel like we didn't really 
like the Phillies had two. We had Sir Anthony Dominguez and Adam Hazley. And then I kept checking. Syndergaard was on the Cyclones for like a month, but he never traveled with them. So like I would always see these guys with like thousands, like 20 Syndergaard cards. And I would have to like break their heart, be like, dude, he's not here. You think he's <laughs> he's not here, man. Like, and like I feel bad, but I don't because I know that they're sellers. And I don't like that. Like I right. usually like when I'm at games, like I had you personalize my card. I had you write to Vin, right? Like yeah, I yeah. enjoy I enjoy the hobby. I enjoy the collection. Like when these guys are pulling up, I'm just like, that guy's a collector, that guy's a collector, that guy's a collector. So right. it's like it's annoying because, you know, they're going to get the attention because of the big binders. Where me, I got a little notebook with tapes on the backs of cards just trying to get an autograph here. And right. it's tough, but that was a little off top. But what's right. your, what is your favorite part of being a professional baseball player? Uh, I, definitely, I definitely have to say it's the competitiveness and the challenge that – uh, baseball brings me every single day when I'm on the field. So, I mean, in college, in high school, in levels that are below pro ball, like you might face one good, one good team once a week, or you might not face a good team at all. And then you, you know, whatever, it's no guarantee that you're going to face high caliber athletes every time you step on that mound. But, mm-hmm. uh, but in, in professional baseball, it didn't matter when you were pitching, who you were throwing against, none of that mattered. Like every time you stepped on that mound, you knew that you're going to have to give, every, give everything you had because these guys are good. Um, and obviously as you go up in levels, like that becomes even more prominent, you know, the big league guys, like you can't take a day off or they're going to absolutely eat you alive up there. But, um, but yeah, that's, def- that's 100% my favorite part is the fact that I have to go out there and I'm challenged every single day to get better. Okay, so um, if you were not playing baseball right now, which I'm sure that you, like, probably have thought about this, but I don't know, what would you be doing as a profession? Yeah, I, I, um, I actually, I, I've thought about this because I, I used to want to be a doctor. Um, that was, I wanted to be a cardiologist. That was, uh, really? that was my, wow. that was my job path going forward until I realized that, professional baseball was was within reach um so I, all the way through high school up until um i got to college and even my first year and a half in college i was very set on making sure everything was lined up for for me to be able to go to med school and and be successful in that aspect if baseball didn't work out but uh once once my sophomore year in college happened and i started to really gain some velo and really and just really get to the point that I, I knew that professional baseball was, was right there on the other side for me, like ready for me to get there. Um, I, ca- I kind of started to back off of the schooling and, and really take baseball more serious, try to get the best out, best out of myself for college, to put myself in the best position to, uh, for pro ball. And I mean, COVID, the COVID season kind of messed that up, but that's completely fine. You know, like, like I said earlier, everything happens for a reason. So I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that what happened happened in 2020. Um, but yes, being a being a, a doctor would be would be my profession outside of baseball if I if okay. I wasn't playing. Okay, and then our final two questions here. 
Um, do you have any hobbies? Yeah. So, um, I'm a big video gamer. I, I love to play video games when I'm, I'm not at the field or when I have nothing to do. Um, I love music. Uh, I sing, I mean, not, not any type of like, uh, professional singing or anything and not by, not by a long shot, but I, I enjoy, I enjoy listening and, and singing along to, to music. I have a, a very, very broad, uh, spectrum of music I listen to. Um, but I, I, those are probably my only two like big, big hobbies that, that I really have, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. So on that topic though, like what video games are you playing? Like random Tuesday night, you need something to do. You wait, do you have like a PS4, Xbox? What do you have? Uh, I, I have a, a, a PC that I built uh, a while back. Wow. So, so you're, it's a random Tuesday night. You got nothing to do. You're hopping on your PC. What game are you hopping on? Uh, I'm probably getting on on either Call of Duty or the new Halo. Both of those games are are right now very high on my my list of of playtime. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you uh, how about games like Rocket League? Do you play Rocket League? I I do. Or I used to play it a whole lot, and now that um, I've gotten into, like I said, I've gotten into COD and Halo. I've kind of gotten away from it, but. But I yeah. used to be a big, big Rocket League fan, um, and I still am. I still get on there every once in a while, but yeah, uh, but I don't spend most of my time there. Yeah. So, um, and then last question again. I just wanted to thank you for the time. I know it's been like yeah. thirty minutes. No, uh, no, absolutely. Sorry to hold you up. Um, top five players this MLB season, but but I have one condition. Okay. You can't say Harper or Otani just because they won MVP. Okay. I, I, they wow. actually were not in my list. So that's, that's really? great. Really? Yeah. So my, okay. um, so my top five players that I enjoyed, if you're talking about me enjoying like watching and seeing them do their thing, uh, yeah. Liam Hendricks was my number one. I mean, he's exactly Whoa. what I want to be. Okay. Exactly what I want to be when it comes to a big league pitcher, you know, back into the bullpen guy comes in, shuts it down and, just gets everyone excited because you know you just closed the ball game out right yeah Liam Hendricks is my number one and then I would have to say Jacob deGrom be number two and Garrett Cole are number three both solely because I love the way they go about their business uh they're extremely aggressive on the mound they I mean they obviously they throw hard but it's more so about the fact that they're not going to back down from anything um uh, they're going straight at you um and then uh, for number four and five, I I really enjoyed watching Tyler Rogers pitch for the Giants, um, just because of how different Ooh, this, he is. Isn't that the sidearm guy? He yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the he's that submarine guy with that wicked slider that he throws. Um, I really, yeah. I really enjoyed watching him throw. Um, and Walker Bueller would be in my my five. I know okay. the fifth one. I know they're all pitchers, but. Walker Bueller is another one that's that reminds me a little bit of Cole and and DeGrom. He's extremely aggressive. Like he's going out there with the with an like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you attitude and and he doesn't leave anything on the field. Like if he's if he's coming off the field, he gave everything he had, whether he went one inning, seven innings, nine innings, or he didn't even make it out of the first inning. Like yeah. what he had that day, he left on the field. So that's yeah, that's one of the big things about him that I love. And then you said DeGrom. So like you know these guys. I'm guessing you watch a lot of baseball. 
yeah, I, I do keep up with uh, Major League Baseball for the okay. most part. So, so then I, I think you can answer this then. Do you think the Mets would have made the playoffs if DeGrom didn't get hurt? I 100% think the Mets would have made the playoffs, yes. I, I, um, I agree. I agree. I do agree. Because I, I think that once DeGrom got hurt, I think that probably took at least eight to ten wins out, off of the Mets' win record. I mean, the, I, I genuinely think that because DeGrom on the mound, he made how many starts this year before he got hurt? 18, 19? Somewhere in the teens. Yeah, he, yeah, he had like 17 to 19 starts. Yeah. yeah. It was something along those lines, and I mean, you can you can expect Degrom when he got hurt. You can expect him to give you at least eight to ten more starts, at least eight to ten more starts that season, yeah, uh, or this past season at the like at the very least. So, I, I think that you're getting six to eight, maybe maybe ten more wins out of that season for the Mets, which is obviously ten less losses on the season. Um, yeah. and you know, whenever they're Especially when they were play, they were fighting for that playoff spot with the Braves and the Phillies later in the season. I think that he could have really turned the tide. But uh, I guess you know we'll never know. But I think it definitely could have made, have played a huge part in their success had he I, been there. I feel like it was a mix. You know, so I I am a firm believer that Javi Baez was a terrible pickup. Um, uh, you know, for people who follow the podcast out there, you know, I think that that was the dumbest pickup of all time. Um, like that was just stupid and downright awful. Um, <laughs> no, like I'm very like I love being passionate about the game, so like I really like give my deep thought. But I like I think that I think that bringing in like I love the Lindor. I, I think bringing in Francisco Lindor was a great move. Well, like you just add Baez, and it's just everything went downhill. But that—that's a whole different topic. So, <laughs> but, so that's gonna end today's episode, guys. Um, thank you for answering all my questions and giving me the time, giving me your time to you know do this podcast episode, Blake. Absolutely, you know, I, like I like I said at the beginning, I, I really appreciate you bringing me on here. I love putting my opinion out there about minor league baseball and. And, you know, if people ask me about it, I'm, I'm always happy to answer. So I, I really appreciate you inviting me on here. Oh, no problem, man. Um, so that's going to wrap up today's episode, guys. Make sure to follow the podcast. Um, follow the Instagram, NJ Sports Media one And follow Blake's career. This man's going to go far. Follow his career. And follow him on Instagram, too. But that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Blake, for coming on. And have a nice day, everybody.